0: Listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a good show for you today. We're going to recap a little bit of what happened last night on the episode, preview a little bit of what's coming tonight on part two of the overnight dates, and got some information in regards to The Bachelor and some Nate news, believe it or not and uh, some other things that I'm going to get to as well. But we'll get to those momentarily. As you know, this podcast brought to you by Dame Products. Try adding a toy into the mix and discover new layers of pleasure that you can share plus sex that you'll look forward to. When you think of vibrators, you think of Reality Steve. Use code Reality Steve to take 15% off your first order at dameproducts.com. That's promo code Reality Steve for 15% off your first order at dameproducts.com. So we get started here, and this is the first time, obviously, we've ever had two leads that were leads throughout the whole season. So all season we were wondering, how are they going to do this in regards to two bachelorettes and overnight dates? And we got our answer last week when they said, we're going to expand it over two nights. Which makes sense because you had six dates to do. Usually you only have three. So makes sense to have it over two nights. And just kind of the way they did it was a little bit weird because you started with Gabby and Eric and then you had back-to-back Rachel overnights and then you went back to Gabby with Johnny and then you had the ending where Eric wanted to talk to Gabby which I'll give my thoughts on that. In a little bit, but when you started out with Gabby and Eric, and it's <laughs> it's really interesting, and I, and I and I noticed this because we saw it. I think it was last season, right, with Bachelor in Paradise, when Tia came back. I remember when Tia was going out on her dates with Blake Monar, and she just kept talking about the physical connection with him, and basically kept making references to her vagina. And she say Blake Monar made her vagina dance and stuff like that. It's just funny in on this show because it's like they'll allow that to be said anytime on Paradise. It gives, you know, Paradise a little more lighthearted and whatnot. But it's just it's just funny because when Gabby is on her overnight date with Eric, and clearly they have a connection, and clearly she's way into him, and he's way into her. You know what did Gabby say on that date? These are the two. These are two quotes that she said when I believe it was right before the date card was read. The overnight date card, the fantasy suite card, written by Jesse. Well, written by an intern claiming to be Jesse, and we're hearing either a voiceover or maybe we even saw her in an ITM. But Gabby says. I want to shed every last wall and I want to give both of us a chance to really feel each other's love. You know, essentially she's saying, and look, pardon my French here, but essentially she's saying, I can't wait to fuck this guy. Like I haven't gotten laid in a month. And she's saying that clearly, but she's obviously not going to say that on network television. But she can't even make a reference to... It's like, why can Tia say Blake is going to make her vagina dance on Paradise? And Gabby has to speak in these, like, romance novel lines. I want to shed every last wall. I want to give both of us a chance to really feel each other's love. Just say you want to grab his dick. Like... I mean, really, they want to tear each other's clothes off. That's what those two sentences mean. But why she can't say it, because this is the more quote-unquote serious show? And look, Gabby has no filter anyway. I mean, this is what people love about Gabby, is that she really has no filter. She'll say anything. But when she speaks in those terms on the overnight date with the first time you get to be intimate with someone on this show I I don't know. I just that doesn't sound like Gabby. I really wish we could get unfiltered Gabby. It's not her fault. It's clearly the show's. But I just find it I just find it ironic and I find it kind of funny that on Paradise, which is the summer silly show, you can get away with stuff and say things like he makes my vagina dance whereas Gabby is throwing out romance novel quotes. I just always found that interesting. And on Eric and Gabby's date, Eric told her again he's falling in love with her. And I just, these two are clearly, I mean, Eric's made his feelings known. And then we'll get to what he does at the end of the episode. But he made his feelings known. And Gabby was about as receptive as you can to be to it. She was excited. And why wouldn't she be? But I just think it's really, really bizarre how strong this connection is versus what we saw at the end of the episode, which I'll get to. One thing to point out, in, during a commercial break, you know, they've been running the Jesse Palmer voiceovers for applying for The Bachelor and Bachelorette and stuff like that. Did you hear last night's? This had to be a first. I don't think we've heard this one. Friends with benefits who work in the comic book store. Basically, are you tired of the friends with benefits who works in the comic book store? I mean, I, they've said some weird ones this season. That's probably the weirdest one. The Friends with Benefits thing, no, because that was actually a storyline on Clayton's season when they had Cassidy on. But works in the comic book store, is that even still a thing? They still have comic book stores? I guess they do. But it just seems really weird that that's what they chose for their commercial last night. Now, the other thing that Gabby said in her Overnight with Eric was that she wants to tell him she loves him, and she was even telling him, just be patient with me, because she definitely can see it being him, but she wants to save it for the right moment with him. So, again, the buildup here is kind of through the roof. The Avon and Rachel date was interesting because they focused so much on Tino. Jesse went to Tino's room before Avon and Rachel even met just so we could get the lay of the land on how Tino was feeling. When have they ever done that? When has the host ever gone to one of the other guys during an overnight date with somebody else just to be like, hey, how you doing? How you feeling? It's never happened. Maybe they're just doing something different, but that's new. They've never done that. And clearly it was just to show how obsessed Tino was with other guys getting dates. And I know this is a huge topic everywhere. It's like, why do these people sign up when it seems like the last four or five seasons in a row, every single time we get to this point in the show, somebody is insanely jealous. And somebody can't handle the fact that they're going to bed with other people. And it's just like, you got to get over it. You know, I know this isn't real life. I know this is a television show, but it just, it's the way the show goes. If you can't handle it, you know, don't go on the show, I guess. But I just thought Aven and Rachel's date was, even when Aven and Rachel were on the boat and making out, and they had so many spliced video clips back to Tino and what was going on with him. It was Really, really weird. And then, you know, Aven and Rachel have their overnight and they wake up the next morning and they're kissing in bed and all this stuff. And Avon tells her he's falling in, you know, he's in love with her. And Rachel responds with, I'm falling in love with you, which significant, I guess. However, when you get to the next date, they go immediately from Rachel's overnight date with Avon into her overnight date with Tino. And obviously the parents were brought up and she brings up her problems with what his parents said and stuff like that. And, you know, Tino guessed and could sense that she was a little bit nervous, and they talked about it over dinner. And then it was all basically over with once Tino just said, look, I don't care. I don't care what they said. I want you. You're all who I want. I don't want to be with anybody else. You're the one that I want to be with. I'm falling in love with you. I am in love with you. And Rachel told him, I love you. I'm in love with Tino. I'm in love with you versus what she said to Avon, which was, I'm falling in love with you, and yes, we do know the difference. So, I'd say that was a major, major clue for anybody who is unspoiled. Like, she told Tino to his face, I'm in love with you. Didn't say that to Avon. And then we end the episode with what happened with... um. Well, sorry, Gabby. Then we go to Gabby's date with Johnny, which was very short. And the funniest thing that happened, everybody pointed it out on social media last night. Literally during a commercial break on Gabby's date with Johnny, they showed Johnny during a commercial in Bachelor in Paradise. So it was like, yeah, okay, we kind of know what's going to happen here. And they get back and Johnny's not ready, which is interesting that Johnny told Gabby, hey, I, in two weeks, I I, I can't, I don't think I can get there, but he gets engaged after three weeks on paradise. Now, granted, I've said this all the time, paradise, you get to spend way more time with your partner than you do on the bachelor and the bachelorette. It's just a fact, you know, you can talk to them every single day, all day. You can go sleep with them every single night. You can have as much sex as you want. So he definitely, it's still quick. It's still only three weeks of filming. He only knew Victoria Fuller for three weeks. But he definitely got to spend more time. It's just I already know what the consensus is going to be on the people that say I can't believe he told Gabby he wasn't going to be ready, and then he got married, and then he got engaged in three weeks on Paradise. Yes, he did spend more time, but it's still very very quick. And then obviously we ended the episode with Eric leaving a note for Gabby saying meet him at the bridge, and I I'm sorry this conversation seemed so producer driven to me and it was a way to show that there was some that there was something it was almost too perfect the way their overnight date went gabby and eric that they had to show the audience that there was something to bring it down something to bring it back to earth because it was almost too obvious about gabby and eric and they wanted they and they obviously left the episode last night on a cliffhanger, and the cliffhanger being, oh my gosh, did Eric just blow it for himself with Gabby, uh, for bringing up, you know, he's just having a hard time with her possibly being on another date, and I I just thought that was so producer driven. I, I think that there was, it was almost like they told they kind of convinced Eric he needed to do that to reassure her, but then when it backfired on him, he probably realized, oh, shit. But, you know, doesn't change anything. I mean, Johnny's gone, and Jason, as we've seen in the previews numerous times, just keeps telling everybody, I'm not there yet. Are you in love with her? Oh, you know, I love our connection. <laughs> it's like, oh, jeez. It's just a matter of the details about how this thing ends, but nothing has changed since what I reported. A couple of things I want to uh, talk about here. Um, I mentioned that The Bachelor is – I mentioned yesterday The Bachelor is going to be filming after this season is done airing, which is Tuesday the 20th. So my guess is The Bachelor starts filming that weekend, 23rd or 24th, Friday or Saturday night. Uh, It's the way it's always been. They've always done it after the season has aired. But usually it's paradise that's ending around this time of the year because The Bachelorette ends usually end of July, beginning of August, and then Paradise goes from August to mid-September. Paradise ends, and they go straight into Bachelor filming. Well, as we know, this season got pushed back to July 11th. It's not ending until September 20th, and then we go into Paradise. So I have no new news in regards to who The Bachelor is going to be. I have no idea who they're even talking to. But I can say this. um, Contestants are starting to roll in. I've got a few. I don't release contestants early anymore for um, privacy reasons and for just since the show started releasing the full cast three or four days before filming began, I haven't really gone out of my way to get as many names as possible. If I have a few, then I probably will do it that uh, maybe the Wednesday, the 21st, because all those women will be quarantined. Well, not quarantined, but they'll already be sequestered in an L.A. hotel getting ready to film in a few days. So usually I'll release what I have on probably Wednesday, the 21st, as filming will begin that week. But we're probably going to be getting the women that day, if not that morning, the the morning of the 21st, maybe the 22nd, something like that. But they've been doing that the last, what, six or eight seasons where we get the full cast or the potential cast listed on the Facebook pages of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So by then, I'll probably have a little bit more. I've got two or three right now that I'm pretty sure are on it, and um, you know, it's not a ton. The thing is, like, I have by the time September 21st rolls around, I might have you know five, six, seven, maybe eight. But when I know 35 are going to be released that day, it's like, okay. I mean, I'll have their I have I'll have their bios ready to go, and then once it's released, I can match it up and be like, okay, yeah, these are the ones I had, and and I'll put those out first, but. You know how that is. That day is like reveal day. Once the Facebook page releases all of them, it's just their first name and their last initial, their city, and their age. And so it's my job to go find all their last names and their Instagram accounts. And I've done it every season since they started doing this. You have their full cast by the end of that day, if not first thing the next morning. So plan on doing the same. Um, Like I said, in regards to The Bachelor, I have no idea. All I know is what I reported last week, that it's not Nate. I can say this. Someone sent me a couple photos yesterday of Nate in West Hampton, New York on long Island. And he was with the same girl from the grocery store from last week. So what I was told last week in regards to Nate was, you know, I, I had told you it was reported to me that he turned it down. Now, like I said, I have no idea if that's just him saving face, but what I was told was he actually wants to see if it will work out with this girl. Like, he's trying to have a relationship with this girl that he's been seen now at the grocery store and now in West Hampton over the weekend. I know who she is. I know her name. I know her Instagram account. And like I said, I'm not going to share it because she's nobody famous and she's not from bachelor nation. I only share if it's bachelor nation and bachelor nation or someone in bachelor nation is dating somebody that's remotely famous or, you know, from another reality show, this girl is neither and doesn't have a ton of followers just a girl that he's dating. And apparently he wants to see if it works with her. And maybe that's the reason, maybe that is the honest to God reason why he quote unquote, you know, turned down the bachelor gig, but it's not going to be him. Um, That's two times now that they've been seen together. And he was in New York with her. It's not even in Chicago. So he was in New York with her this past weekend. So um, will I release the picture? No, but I asked the person who took the picture if they gave it to anybody else, they said they did, so it might pop up somewhere else. I don't I don't know if another site is going to run with it, but yeah, that's where we're at with that. Now, I want to end this with uh, some talk about Big Brother, and this is spoiler-related. So if you don't want to know any spoilers for Big Brother, which is basically a veto competition, then turn, you know, mute or whatever you need to do. I asked the question yesterday, because I've only been following Big Brother since season 21. I asked the question yesterday, hey, Michael's dominating. Has has anyone ever been this dominant in vetoes and head of households? And the answer has been, well, I didn't know what the answer was, but it seemed like Michael's won a lot and I had lost track. He has won eight. He's won three head of households. And five vetoes. Well, I can report now, for those that don't follow the spoilers, he won the veto again. He has. He now has nine wins. And he's officially broken the single season veto record with now his sixth veto win. And he's also the first person to tie Janelle's longstanding competition record at nine wins in a single season. So he's got three HOHs and six vetoes. He's got nine wins. The only other person to do that in the history of the show was Janelle. And this came from Taryn Armstrong's uh, Twitter account that I'm reading it. Um, so if he doesn't get evicted at the double eviction next Thursday, my guess is he'll win at least one HOH or one veto the rest of the season. So assuming he does, he's going to have the record for the biggest, he's the biggest beast in the history of the show when it comes to Uh, competitions. He's dominant. And I had no idea. Also, um, he's done this in only 15 competitions. He's He's nine for 14 right now. Or 15th. The 15th competition that he competes in will be on Thursday, the HOH on Thursday. So he's nine for 14 right now, and apparently Janelle had nine wins in 14 chances and lost her 15th competition. So, I mean, this is unheard of. This This is something we've never seen in Big Brother history, or we've only seen it with Janelle. And so I knew Michael was dominant. I had no idea it was this dominant. So props to him for absolutely killing it this season. And if he doesn't, uh, you know, if he gets a HO, well, he's not going to be in the HOH on Thursday because he's the current HOH. So he will compete in the veto competition next week. If he doesn't win it, he's probably going home. But if he wins it, he now has 10 wins, which will be the most in anybody in Big Brother history, and he'll have seven veto wins. Seven! Like, I I can't even remember a veto that he was in that he lost. I Obviously, there was one, but how many vetoes has he been in that he lost? One? Maybe two at the most? I don't even know. Anyway, Michael, congratulations to you. You've won Big Brother as long as you keep winning because nobody can touch your resume. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, we're back tomorrow. Uh, as you know, part two of the overnight dates happens tonight. And then we're back tomorrow. Get your reader emails in. Email me at Steve at Reality Steve today. Get your reader emails in for tomorrow's column. And then, yeah, we will have your first, we'll have another daily roundup up tomorrow. So thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And we will talk to you tomorrow. See ya!